Bookstores suing the state of Texas. It's an effort to keep some books out of schools. Why vendors say this isn't the answer to the problem. We're doing the temperature dip. Temperatures a little cooler than they were the last few days. We'll show you when they bottom out before heating back up in first warning weather. And a surprise move from the president's son in court today, how his plea deal fell apart at the last second. Bookstores across the country are suing the state of Texas over a new law that will take some books out of schools. Thanks for joining us. I'm Daniel Marine. And I'm Jennifer Sanders. It's aimed at keeping sexually explicit material out of school libraries and requires bookstores to rate the materials they sell to schools. Now, supporters say it's about safety. The business owner suing call it censorship. Capital correspondent Ryan Chandler breaks down what's at stake. Reading facing a recall in Texas. We're talking about books that they know are radically explicit. Representative Jared Patterson wrote the Reader Act to require book vendors to review titles for possible sexually explicit content. What specifically are you concerned about children getting access to? Well, look, let's be very clear about what we're talking about. We're talking about materials that you won't broadcast. Books like Genderqueer that shows illustrations of oral sex between two boys, uh, graphically illustrated in that book. That's in a majority of the largest school districts in Texas. And bookstores agree. No child should have access to graphic sexual content. But they argue this bill is not the answer. It's just a really heavy workload that will take hundreds of people, thousands of hours. Austin-based Book People says the burden to review each book is just too much, amounting to a very costly kind of censorship. We do not tell people what they should and should not read. And we also do not ask people why they buy books, which this bill would require us to do moving forward. We would have to ask people buying books. Are these going to go into a public school or charter school library circulation? And that's business overreach. The law requires the Texas State Library and Archives Commission to define the standards of review. It hasn't done that yet, but it's still up to individual vendors to determine what qualifies as explicit. Ryan Chandler, KXAN News. And pending a possible injunction, vendors will need to notify schools of the titles they deem to be too much by April 1st for both the titles they sell and have already sold. Now, going in depth, Texas banned more books from school libraries this past year than any other state in the nation. That's based on analysis by PEN America, a nonprofit organization advocating for free speech. The report released last year found school administrators in Texas banned 801 books across 22 school districts and 174 titles were banned at least twice between July of 2021 through June of 2022. Pan America says most of these books were centered on race, racism, abortion, and LGBTQ representation. There was a scary moment for Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell during his weekly press conference today. Now, shortly after addressing the press, McConnell suddenly stopped speaking, appearing to freeze. Take a look. Uh, this week has been good bipartisan cooperation and a string of... Uh, uh,
Well, after a few moments, he was escorted away from the cameras and the reporters. And then a few minutes later, McConnell walked back to the news conference by himself and took some questions. Now, when asked about his health, he said he was fine and able to do his job. He then continued to take questions as normal, finishing that press briefing. First warning weather with meteorologist Nick Bannon. Let's take out to the domain where we have a lot of sun and some scattered clouds and temperatures of 101, but our high today of 103, which is where we are now in Austin, another degree cooler than yesterday. Yesterday was a degree cooler than the day before. We're heading in the right direction. Most of us still triple digits in upper 90s, though, so it's not exactly cool, but it's cooler. Also have a very stray shower in Fayette County now. Most of us are not going to get a drop here tonight. Coming into the evening, 99 by 7 with scattered clouds, 95 at 9 and dropping down to 90 here at 11. Then after that, most of the rest of the night, We'll be in the 80s. Coming up in first warning weather, we'll keep tracking this heat dip and when temperatures reach the coolest they've been in two and a half weeks. Then we've got a weekend forecast to show you that brings back some of that heat and an update on the Saharan dust overhead today. All right, Nick, thank you. Hunter Biden, the president's son, pleaded not guilty in a Delaware court today to two federal misdemeanor counts for not paying taxes. Now, the surprise move came after a plea deal fell apart at the last moment. And critics argue Hunter Biden is getting special treatment as the president's son, while some House GOP lawmakers say their investigations are only beginning. Here's NBC's Alice Barr. Courthouse confusion today in Delaware, where the plea deal for President Biden's son Hunter fell apart at the finish line. Hunter Biden pleading not guilty to federal tax charges. He was prepared to plead guilty to two misdemeanor counts of failing to pay his taxes in 2017 and 2018. But that hit a snag when the federal judge raised concerns about a related agreement on the more serious charge of possessing a gun as a known drug user, also in 2018. And then under questioning from the judge, who is a Trump appointee, prosecutors acknowledged this deal would not protect Hunter Biden from any potential future charges including possible violations related to representing foreign governments. Defense attorneys had thought the plea deal marked the end of a five-year investigation into Hunter Biden's business dealings. The judge is saying, well, if it's ongoing, why are we resolving it here? Republican lawmakers have long argued Mr. Biden was getting preferential treatment. They're going to say, aha, look, Hunter Biden is still being invented, uh, investigated for these, these business dealings. House Republicans holding their own investigations recently heard from two IRS whistleblowers who allege their superiors and federal prosecutors steered the investigation away from more serious charges for Hunter Biden. Now House GOP members considering an impeachment inquiry of President Biden. Where's the truth? Trying to tie him to his son's business dealings, though they have yet to produce any concrete evidence. The White House denies any connection to the president and says he and the first lady support their son as he continues to rebuild his life. In Washington, Alice Barr, NBC News. An East Austin woman gave her money to people claiming to be Austin Energy. They said her power would be shut off if she didn't. We're going to tell you how to avoid this happening to you. And a man accused of slaughtering four college students in Idaho denying the charges against him. What the suspect's defense team is now saying about his alibi. Thomas J. Henry handles. 
Irish singer Sinead O'Connor has died at the age of 56. O'Connor made as many headlines for her activism as she did for her music. Now, she released 10 studio albums, kicking it off with her 1987 alternative rock debut, The Lion and the Cobra. Now, for much of her career, she spoke openly about her spiritual life, her political views, and struggles with mental health. In 2018, O'Connor converted to Islam and changed her name to Shahada. Now, her death comes one year after 17 year, her 17-year-old son, Shane, died of an apparent suicide. Her cause of death, though, is unknown. Well, now to the latest in the Idaho murder investigation. The defense team for Brian Koberger, the man accused of murdering four college students last November, is now suggesting their client may not have been at the scene of the crime when the murders took place. The defense did not provide further detail on this possible alibi. They say Koberger's whereabouts may come to light at trial through cross-examination and expert witness testimony. Now, this comes after prosecutors said Koberger's DNA was a, quote, statistical match to DNA found on a knife sheath at the crime scene. The defense has suggested that evidence may have been planted. Well, we are officially one year out from the Summer Olympic Games, how Paris is preparing, and how another Paris is following suit. Yet another triple-digit day here in Austin, but we were a degree cooler than yesterday with a high of 103, five above normal, but several degrees below the record, which is nice for a change. We'll show you this continued cool down and then when things reverse and start to heat back up in first warning weather. Eco-friendly high. Paris is hosting a worldwide party tonight as the 2024 Summer Games are now exactly one year away. And we're officially starting the clock, counting down the seconds until the opening ceremony. And as they continue finishing touches on the venues and other preparations ahead of Olympic history there, one of the iconic landmarks that will be part of the Games, the Eiffel Tower. And for a closer look at everything Olympics in Paris, Jay Gray is near an Eiffel Tower, but something looks a little different. The countdown to the 2024 Summer Games in accordance with the Olympic Charter is now officially underway. The torch that will carry the Olympic flame unveiled ahead of the opening ceremony in Paris, France, now exactly a year away. While in the second largest Paris in the world, almost 5,000 miles away, a flame has already been sparked. There's basically a fire being lit to say, hey, this is who we are. Our torch is being lit. Yes, the Olympics are in Paris, but you know, there are tons of comparisons to Paris, France, and Paris, Texas. Each Paris is a tourist destination with fountains and sidewalk cafes, beautiful flowers along the square, a metro that will take you to visit quaint shops and boutiques or the museum. Both Parises host an annual bike tour and are home to some of the world's finest restaurants. Barbecue is huge in Paris. That's what we're known for is our brisket, our ribs uh, fall off the bone every time. And one more thing you might notice, each has its own language. We got that Texas drop. Yeah, y'all, y'all is howdy. Howdy or bonjour, depending on your Paris. And the red cowboy hat on top of the Eiffel Tower here, a reminder the cities also share a unique and distinctive sense of style. Jay Gray, NBC News, Paris, Texas.
Okay, you weren't here at Ford, so he said he had a lot of barbecue. He's having fun okay. in Paris, Texas. Nice. Yeah, he's having. Nice. I don't see saving on the travel budget. I know, right? <laughs> Seriously. Okay, so cooler day, but still triple digits. Yeah, and it does continue a rather long stretch of triple mm -hmm. digits for us, even if it felt a little better for us today. The longest stretch of 100 or hotter in Austin was 27 days in a row in 2011. Right now, we're up to 19 here this year. And that's our fifth longest stretch of triple digits in Austin history. And we think we'll get another seven or more as we continue the heat, even though there's some relief coming, sort of. Let's show you the uh, Oasis restaurant camera at Lake Travis. Sunshine and haze. Of course, we talked about the Saharan dust the past couple of days. Well, it's here now. It's not as thick as it's ever been, but it is noticeably hazy out as that Saharan dust blows from Africa across the Atlantic and arrives eventually here in Central Texas. I expect the Saharan dust will be uh, at a similar concentration here tomorrow to what we had today. So the same type of haze. Same goes again for Friday. It does start to slowly thin out though as we head into the weekend. And by early next week, the sky turns much bluer again. Of course, we had plenty of sunshine even through the haze today. Just a few spotty, very light showers in our eastern counties now. We're up to 103 in Austin, which is our high for the day so far. Uh, we could maybe manage 104, uh, but generally the numbers are going to drop from here on out for the day and it was a degree cooler than yesterday. We expect these numbers to keep going down to about 77 to start the day tomorrow which is in line with a lot of our morning starting temperatures that we've had lately and then a high of uh, about 103 here tomorrow. So similar numbers here tomorrow but notice temperatures drop down to 102 on Friday. That'll be the coolest day for a week as these numbers then start to climb as we head into the weekend. Humidity will also bottom out on Friday. Uh, Thursday into Friday, the lowest dew points of the week ahead. They do gen to, uh, generally trend hotter or more humid, I should say, as we head through the weekend into next week. So not only is it going to get hotter this weekend, it's going to start getting more humid. But still, the afternoons will be more comfortable than the mornings as that air does dry out and the dew point drops. So just a few clouds tonight down to 77. The two-day forecast, tomorrow mostly sunny 103 and 102 on Friday. By the way, that high of 102 on Friday... The coldest day since July 8th, almost three weeks prior. Nice little dip for us. But then these numbers start to climb this weekend. 103 on Saturday, 105 on Sunday. And as the humidity builds this weekend, we'll likely notice more clouds around on Sunday as well. So more of a sun cloud mix, especially with those clouds around in the morning. Look at our first morning weather seven-day forecast. You can see the numbers keep climbing through Monday, which is when our heat likely peaks at 106. That would tie the record high for the day. But then as uh, the high pressure responsible for this heat weakens somewhat by the middle of next week, we see these numbers coming down. 105 on Tuesday, 104 on Wednesday. Still no rain in sight and the long-term outlooks near normal for rainfall, though, for the first week of August. We'll be right back. Tonight on News Nation, the eye-opening findings from today's historic UFO hearings. House Oversight Committee member Rep. Anna Paulina Luna joins Chris to discuss the road to full transparency. Plus, the one and only Bill O'Reilly weighs in on Hunter Biden's hearing and Rudy Giuliani. Tonight on Cuomo. Then, Hunter Biden's original plea deal falls apart. The legal analysis behind why it happened and what the president's son could face next. Plus, why the government is so secretive about UFOs and many other topics. Tonight on Dan Abrams Live. To find News Nation, go to joinnn.com. 
Right now, what's behind the Fed's decision to raise interest rates again? And is the economy defying the worst predictions about a recession? Also, we'll take you to the city counting on artificial intelligence to create, not take jobs, on Nightly News. An older couple in East Austin is warning others after getting a call from people claiming to be Austin Energy saying they'd shut their power off if they didn't pay up. Patty Hodge says the people claimed there was a glitch in the system and that she'd be reimbursed after she made the payment to them. She gets sick when she gets hot, so she gets ner she got nervous, and they told her to go to CVS near her home to settle the outstanding balance. Now, she says that she is on a fixed income and has an account with an allotted amount for her bill. Hodges paid the Austin Energy posers around $35, making it difficult to pay the rest of her utilities. With me being an elderly person, you know, I don't have money like that, and I don't want that to happen to anyone else, elderly or not. And Austin Energy says this is nothing new since Saturday, the utilities customer contact center has received over 31 calls from customers reporting a phone call from someone pretending to be from Austin Energy or City of Austin Utilities. KXA and Sam Stark talked to Austin Energy about how they do not call people to about cutoffs and how to avoid this happening to you. Just read the story now on KXAN.com. Austin nurses are demanding one of the biggest hospitals in the area makes some changes. Nurses delivered a petition this morning to management at Ascension Seton. They say short staffing is still hurting patient care and causing nurses to quit. Now, this comes less than a month after nurses a nurses strike at Ascension Seton Medical Center in Central Austin. The CEO of Texas Nurses Association, Serena Bumpus, says staffing issues predate the pandemic. She points to a 2019 study by the Texas Center for Nursing Workforce Studies that showed the state had a shortage of almost 30,000 nurses in 2019 and was projected to have a shortage of about 60,000 by 2032. And because nurses are in high demand, Bumpus says they can be picky about where they work and they're looking for the best workplace culture. Large health systems cannot create a canned, um, a, a, a canned formula for for all of their hospitals and all of their specialty units across the organization. Because each community is different, each hospital is different, the culture in each organization is different. And some of those ways include making more flexible hours for nurses and providing some childcare services for nurses who are patients. We did reach out to Ascension Seton for comments about the claims the nurses union made in their statement. The hospital tells us in part, quote, recruitment remains an everyday initiative through our robust workforce development program focused on recruiting and retaining nurses through our residency and fellowship programs, our nurse scholarship program, and our partnerships. They go on to say, quote, they continue to negotiate in good faith to reach a mutually beneficial agreement. Tonight on KXAN, it's LA Fire and Rescue at 7, Chicago Fire at 8, then Chicago PD at 9, right before KXAN News at 10 o'clock. Or you can join us an hour earlier for KXAN News at 9 on CW Austin. Here is where to find us. Finding assisted living.